What a great theme song. Are you kidding me? Come on now. We got the best theme song in the game. Special thanks to Travis Thompson of Iron Kids for that tune, that rendition of that good old Baylor line. You need to check out Iron Kids on SoundCloud if you can. That's Iron Kids. Hey, welcome into this week's edition of Please Bear With Me. My name's Scotty Swingler, here back as always to recap some Baylor football and look ahead and, whoa, it's championship week and we have something to look ahead to and not just something, but a big time rematch with the Oklahoma Sooners. Baylor, of course, unfortunately dropping that first game at home after having a huge lead, especially in that first half in which Baylor dominated and so you got to feel good going into a championship game against a team that you know you can not only hang with but you can certainly beat if everything falls to your favor so really looking forward to this week's Big 12 championship game we're going to get to that let's open today's show by recapping Baylor against Kansas Not just a ton to say after Baylor did what they did against Kansas, but here is what I'll say. Andrew Miner and I were dead wrong last week. We thought Kansas might have a chance to put up some sort of fight against the Bears, but they really didn't. Baylor came out and dominated that game from the word go, and it was fun to watch if you're a Baylor fan. Baylor finally playing like the team that we know they can be And after so many close wins against inferior teams like West Virginia and Texas Tech this year, it felt really good to get out there and just steamroll a team that you should beat. I was really impressed with the way the guys played, especially knowing that you had already clinched that rematch against Oklahoma in the championship game to come out against Kansas so focused, so ready to go, and so determined to play great football was very impressive all around on Baylor's part. The other thing that I thought was key in that game against Kansas was I didn't want to see Brewer play too much or take too many risks with the football. I didn't want him running around out there taking big hits. You know what I'm saying? And I thought Matt Rule and company had a great game plan to not let him run the ball, to get Gary Bohannon in there on the goal line, red zone type snaps, to get Gary Bohannon in there on a couple plays every drive regardless. And I thought that was really wise. And, you know, Andrew Miner and I both said last week, Baylor can beat Kansas with Bohannon at quarterback. And while Brewer obviously played well in the first half and made some big throws, for the most part, we did beat Kansas without Brewer using much of his talent, especially running the football. And I thought that was a good thing for the Bears. Also, it was really thrilling to see so many players on the field that have not gotten to play a lot this year. One in particular, you know, hand sparred. It was fun to see him playing defense. It was fun to see Quaylen Jones and Jacob Zeno score touchdowns. Just a lot of fun. Great game all around. Great way to end the regular season and get excited for Oklahoma and get everybody to where they're feeling good about next week. You know, Matt Rule said that this team is as healthy as it's been going into this game against Oklahoma. And that's a good thing because you're going to need every piece if you're going to stop that Oklahoma team. Overall, a tremendous victory in Lawrence. Really impressed with the Bears. Great job to everybody who played in that football game. So much fun to watch, especially with all the turnovers forced. And, 
you got to hope that you can carry some of that momentum into this Big 12 championship game against Oklahoma. So let's not tarry around too long. Not too much we can take away from that Kansas game other than Baylor did exactly what they were supposed to do, put up some style points for the playoff committee and a big win. And now comes the big, big, big test. What will Baylor do in the Big 12 championship game? Today, I've got a very special guest helping me preview the Big 12 championship game. This guy covers the Sooners in a variety of places. For one thing, he hosts the RJ Young Show on 97.1 in Tulsa, the Tulsa Animal. He also hosts the RJ Young Podcast, which has over 33,000 subscribers between YouTube and Apple Podcasts. I would love to get to that level, really aspire to be like this guy in that regard. He also writes for 247 covering the Sooners. This guy is a rock star. This segment will appear both right here on Please Bear With Me and on his YouTube channel at the RJ Young Show. So without any more delay, I want to introduce you to my new friend, RJ Young. Let's get this conversation started. So hey man, tell me this. I know you're up there in Tulsa covering the Sooners, working for OU247. How long you been covering the Sooners, bro? Uh, About three years. 2017, I got on a piece of cardio equipment called Step Mill, and I made a video about Baker Mayfield planting a flag. Got a little bit of traction. My buddies asked me to do more of it, and from there comes 247, comes the radio spots, comes the radio show, and now I'm here. <laughs> Man, that's awesome, bro. I, I've loved sports radio my whole life, and that's the, that's the dream right there. You're living the dream, bro. It's got to be fun. Man, it's it's like beef jerky, you know. It's it's, <laughs> it's like we're chewing on stuff that we'll never get in it, like a solution out of. It's like, wait a second, who's better, Roger Clemens or the kid I played against in third grade? And then you make an argument for the kid that you played against in third grade. <laughs> right? But yeah, that, it's like, okay, no, it's it's fun. It's a lot of fun, and that's what I love most about it. It's arguing. <laughs> Good deal. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, let's start with this. Let's try to find some common ground here. Can we both agree that? Regardless of who wins the game on Saturday, the winner of the Big 12 has got to get in over Utah, right? I think we can because the argument that I'm seeing is that Utah has been more dominant in its wins and a weaker schedule. And the argument against Baylor would be, hey, you needed some squeakers here and there. Argument Oklahoma is that you got beat by a Kansas State team on the road and you've also needed some squeakers here and there. But I would tend to think so. I, the only argument that I would see for Utah is if they absolutely housed Oregon, like 59-0, kind of like that Ohio State team did Wisconsin a few years back to get in. But seeing as I don't think that's on the table, all things being equal, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Oklahoma or Baylor, winner of the Big 12 championship game, should be in ahead of a Utah team that barely beats an Oregon team, say say the score's 24-17. to 17. That's not going to wow anybody, right? Sure, and I mean, I think we're, we're all hoping Oregon just wins and makes this easy, right? But it, if you're just looking at the resumes, you know, Baylor and Oklahoma both have better wins than Utah to this point. And Utah's loss to USC, I might argue, is even worse than that loss to Kansas State, right? 100%. I mean, because people are talking about Matthew Fink being the third-string quarterback to beat Utah. No, nah, no, nah, dog. He's the fourth-string quarterback. Jack Sears went into the transfer portal in August after he lost the four-man competition to JT Daniels, he's going to play his college football at Fresno State. 
So Matthew Fink was at the bottom, bottom. Like he was backing up the scout team quarterback. <laughs> and then he comes off the bench to go for 351 and three tutties against Utah. Torches them. Michael Pittman has 10 catches for 232 yards receiving in that game. I don't understand how that, that win is worth more, or I should say the loss is worth more than the one that Kansas State uh, gave to Oklahoma, or certainly the one that Oklahoma gave to Baylor. I mean, I guess you could argue semantics about having a 25-point lead or that Kansas State team finished 7-5, and five, to which we'd be like, yo, Utah's best wins are against 7-5 and five teams. So what are you talking That's about? That's right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Hey, so tell me this, man, as we're looking at the matchup between Baylor and Oklahoma, you know, what to you is the biggest storyline or the biggest thing you are watching for as we go into this matchup on Saturday? What's the big storyline for you? Obviously, it's going to be Bravey and Roy and James Lynch up front. Can they do what they did in the first half against Baylor for an entire game? And then how is Baylor going to handle this game? Because I think the crowd energy at Waco at, at McLean Stadium was so good, and they fed off of that in the first half. That ain't going to be what it is at AT&T Stadium. You know, the joke that I tell, and forgive me here, but look, we got this annual tradition in the Big 12 where for the last five years, the first loser in the conference hands Oklahoma the trophy. So at AT&T Stadium, it feels as if it's Owen Field South because they have not gone in there and lost in a, I mean, it's been, what, a bottom administration? So that I think OU has in spades, but... If Baylor doesn't feel cowed by that, and it doesn't feel cowed by having three quarters of the stadium, I think is probably going to end up being red. Then I think you're okay. I mean, I'm going to ask you this question: Are you going to the game? Yeah, I'll be there. Okay. When you go to the game, please take count of how many people are wearing red and how many people are wearing green, and what you feel that gives a team or doesn't. Sure, I can do that for you. I'll shoot you a picture. There you go. That a boy. That a boy. I'm gonna be in radio press box. So. Okay, so you'll be there too. All right, good deal. Hundred percent. We can chat about it, though. Hey, well, let's talk about this. You talked about James Lynch and Bravion Roy. James Lynch obviously just won Defensive Player of the Year in the conference uh, this week. What those guys were able to do so well against Jalen Hurts was make him put the ball on the ground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I fear that they're going to do it again because my man Jalen loves to put the ball on the ground. Doesn't matter if you wear a different color jersey or not, if you're Baylor Bears or if you're the Texas Christian Horned Frogs or the Iowa State Cyclones, he's going to put the ball on the ground. Now, I think when we're talking about Bravian Roy, is he going to be able to beat up Creed Humphrey? Because I think outside of OU land, it gets missed that Creed Humphrey was being projected as the best interior offensive lineman in this 2020 draft class, and he hasn't exactly played up to that billing this year. He's shared co-offensive player of the year with an, another player this year whom I'm just blanking on. But the the idea that James Lynch is able to eat up R.J. Proctor on the left tackle, yeah, there's something to that. Because left tackle has been... <laughs> um, right. No, seriously. Like, yeah. Like, he's that good, and it's been the weakest position for Oklahoma's offensive line. You've wanted Eric Swenson to do it. You've wanted R.J. Proctor to do it. R.J. Proctor's been penalty prone. Eric Swenson just gets beat, and James Lynch just eats. So... I'm going to watch that guy as closely as I'm going to watch anybody else. I get that the comp that people are making is J.J. Watt down at Houston, and I could see that, but he might have better hands. We'll see. J.J. might have a better get-off, but he's got better hands. That's a fine compliment you're giving to Lynch there. Hey, man, he can play. I give him out to the kids that can play. No, that's a great point, and and I think – you know, that's that's why this defense has been so good is the ability to create pressure with three guys. And with 
Jalen Hurts, man, I think he is such an enigma because on one hand, and just speaking from the perspective of a Baylor fan and a football fan who loved him at Alabama and, and loves watching him play now, he, I have so much confidence in him when the game's on the line. Like He has played in so many big games at this point. SEC football, playoff football, like y- y- that's not a guy you want to face. And at the same time, it's it's exactly what you said. Can we get to him enough to make him put the ball on the ground? Because he does. How do you deal with that as an Oklahoma guy? You don't. Uh, I had folks <laughs> try to, you know, like uh, I, some people follow me on Twitter. And I had a guy that was in my mentions and he said, hey, look, compared to the wishbone quarterbacks that carried it about the same number of times as he did, if not more, he actually fumbles quite a bit less. And I said, you're not going to win friends and influence people by rationalizing fumbling the football. You just, you're just not going to do it. And to say that, hey, we're glad he just doesn't fumble it more, that's never going to be okay. I mean, this is a university for which last year, running back Abdul Adams, right? Or what is this, 2017? This is 2017. Running back Abdul Adams was averaging about 9.6 yards per carry, Okay. Every time he touched the ball first down, going to the house. I think he still got one of the longest runs in OU history. <laughs> he put the ball on the ground one time, and he was never heard from again. He hit the portal, and he was out to Syracuse. Like, it was, it was like that. So this is that university. So to see this kind of just utterly inept ball security by your quarterback, even by Ramondre Stevenson, who is your number two tailback now, you're just going, hey, guys, um, when did we stop caring about ball security? And that's that's being too harsh. They care. But there's something that Bailey was doing that other people have done that have, one, enticed that man to put the ball on the ground, and two, enticed him to throw the ball to the opposite colored jersey. If, if Jalen Hurts plays a clean football game like he did against Oklahoma State, I think it's a comfortable win. I think if Baylor's able to muck up this game and win the takeaway battle, then we got a ball game. No, totally. And I'll, I'll give you two things to look at. If you're looking at Baylor's defense and that defensive front, and, and I agree, those guys are, are difference makers, and, and I'm confident they'll play well. They have all season. They haven't had an off game yet, those guys. Um, for Baylor, I think one of the stats that just shocked me after the Oklahoma game was that the running backs only touched the ball six times yep. in that game. Yep. There were only six carries by running. Brewer was just being leaned on, and that quarterback draw was working so well in that first half. And then Jamichael Hasty burst that long run in the second half, fumbles, running backs disappear. And, you know, quietly, John Lovett here in Waco is, is having his best season as a junior with uh, 6.4 yards per carry. And for me, I think it's going to be so important for Baylor to establish the ground game and not by just relying on Brewer, Brewer to scramble out of craziness, which he does really well. Um but establish the the strength up front and what you want out of those running backs because now that Connor Galvin is back on that Baylor offensive line, they've played a lot better. And, you know, with Oklahoma, I know the defense has been hit or miss. 41st SP plus ranking. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. If Baylor can get the ground game going, I, and I think that bodes well for the Bears as well. I would agree with you. I, I also think that Jamichael Hasty is, is just waiting to go after people once again because when he's ready to go, he's ready to go. You can give the ball to, to any number one of those guys. And Charlie Brewer, being that 11th guy that you have to account for, 
is good enough to take advantage of you playing man coverage and having your back to him, he's going to take off and get 11, 12 yards and just continue to gash you. And that's the thing about him that I love the most. Like I, When I study him, you see the completion percentage and you see the accuracy. I genuinely believe that Brewer is the best pro prospect playing quarterback in the Big 12 today. Wow. I genuinely believe that. And that's from study, right? It's from watching what he did in high school to watching what he's done at Baylor. Now, that aside, he's also making the parts around him better as opposed to those those guys, him living off of them. And I'll give you an example. When Jalen Hurts is asked to play from behind, it's not that Riley's calling all these run plays for his quarterback. It's that his quarterback doesn't see anybody open and starts running with the football. Yeah. And that's how I say he can't see it. Because if you're forcing him to run with the football by playing coverage, you want that. That's how you would draw it up as a defensive coordinator. Cool. Let's go pelt the quarterback or let's make him go get on the ground. Either way, I'm much better off having this quarterback run with the ball than a running back is the conventional wisdom. And with Hurts, it's even more true because he will put the ball on the ground. Brewer hasn't done that. Even as Baylor is pretty, pretty bad too about putting the ball on the ground. Like going into the game against, uh, yeah, against Baylor, I want to say it was TCU and them that ranked at the bottom of the conference when we're talking about t- just total number of fumbles. Sure, yeah. And you're going to get opportunities, right? Both teams, and that's that's what's worrying if you're fans of either one of these teams, both teams are have, a, have great opportunities to get takeaways. <laughs> and it's like, okay, I'm not used to being a part of a game in which I'm just just waiting for this turnover to happen. And I don't know if that's the feeling that you've had. I know that in the games that I've watched Baylor play, particularly TCU and Texas Tech, it's like, oh, man, okay, these guys are just going to keep doing this, huh? And then you'll have a game like the one you had against Oklahoma State, and I'll go, right. that's the team that everybody wants to see in this Big 12 title game. Yeah, Baylor really has, in that sense, kind of had a Jekyll and Hyde personality about them you know I think Baylor fans would not only point you to Oklahoma State we'd point you to Kansas State where we went to Manhattan and dominated them on the road we'd point you to what we just did against Kansas which seems insignificant right like it's Kansas but Kansas has has played a lot of teams tough this year and I can tell you last week before we actually went up there there were some Baylor fans going man we played Tech close we played West Virginia close like please do not let this game be close right and, and Baylor goes up there and rolls them 61-6. Like, that felt good. And then, obviously, yeah, the, the first half against Oklahoma shows you. And I'm surprised by what you say about Brewer, man. I know uh, I, I'm excited that my, <laughs> my listeners are going to hear that because there's a lot of Baylor fans that have been frustrated with him at, at points this year. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's a playmaker, man. And I think what worries Baylor fans more than fumbles because as many fumbles as Baylor has had, RJ, I don't think Brewer's fumbled it this season. Yeah. As much as he's run the football, it's been receivers after long runs, and it's been running backs during runs. Um, Brewer doesn't put the ball on the ground. I think what worries fans is that he keeps getting popped. Well, and that's and, that's that's part of it, right? Right. And he's not he's not built like Jalen Hurts. Like Jalen Hurts is built to run the football, right? Like he he can run through guys. Brewer's tough as nails, but he's not a big dude like (laughs) the more the more he gets hit I think that's what worries Baylor fans more than anything is is we just don't want to see the guy go out of the game because as much as we like uh our young freshman backup quarterbacks we've got two really good ones those guys are not ready to play in a big 12 championship 
I think if you had to play some sort of naked spread with Gary Bohannon, it'd be interesting, right? And by naked spread, I mean, hey, we're just going to run zone read all day. Right. But to your your point uh, about Charlie, I take pride in studying the, the, the better players on each one of these teams. And I've been studying him for a couple of years. And what I say, I mean in that Denzel Mims is okay. Like I don't, I don't think he's as good as everybody else thinks he is. I think Taekwon really? has an opportunity wait. to be really good. Wait, wait, yeah. wait! I, I need you to flesh that out for me. I watch because his, to me, I watch his route I mean, running. I watch yeah. his, his propensity to come back to the ball. I watch how many times he gets targeted. I see who is manned up on him. I mean, I should also add here. Um, I am a, a sitting member of the Jim Thorpe Award Selection Committee. So defensive back play is. Yeah, uh-huh. what, I, what I watch, so I'm naturally watching a bunch of wide receivers, and the guy that I'm terrified of is is Ty- Tyquan Thornton, because he knows what you're what you're running and he knows where he's supposed to be in it. And when he and Brewer are in sync, good God, man, I I don't I don't want to see it. Now there's talent all over the place. That's the other part, and that was always what was frustrating about Denzel is he's been in this league. It feels like for like nine years to the rest of us, because like man, is it it didn't Denzel graduate? <laughs> you know, it's like, no, no, you can graduate. And I mean, you got some superstars over there and I don't mean to just dunk on him. That's not what I mean to say. I just think this year he was supposed to be in that stratosphere with Tylen Wallace and CD Lamb and the like, and he just hasn't got there. And I think it's not necessarily his fault. He's doing the best he can, but I think that Brewer is your best player. And at Oklahoma, that's not true for Jalen Hurts. And you mentioned how big he is. Like we make the joke, that's a tailback back there. But also, I mean, I don't necessarily want my quarterback doing it as much as he's doing it. I mean, we're talking about damn near 200 rush attempts here, man. We're talking about breaking Jack Mildred's record for rushing yards in a season. And that was a wishbone quarterback. You know, I don't, I don't draw it up that way. Nobody does. It's kind of like last year. Kyler Murray's the most slight quarterback in the league. Did it matter? No, because he was only running when he absolutely positively had to. Because they weren't really calling him like that. Like, they call QB draw to get the offense off and moving, and then you go back to running the offense once again and pushing the football down the field. You don't do that with Hurts. He has to see level concepts. You know, he has to see things coming across his face. They have to be intermediate passing routes. Or it has to be CeeDee Lamb just streaking down the field because he still manages to overthrow Charleston Rambo, who is the fastest guy on the team. I don't see that with Brewer. You know what I mean? It's going to be there. It's about, are those guys going to catch it? Because he's got a bunch of drops, too, and that just... That hurts me because his completions percentage should be one of the best in the country. And it's like, hey, guys, hang on the football. He's putting it right there. So that would be the first. Maybe maybe take a look at your wide receivers coach. I don't know. Well, and I would tell you, I'll hit on Mims one more time and we'll move on because I want to hear more about this matchup. But I, I uh, the difference in those two, Taekwon, by, by the way, being a true sophomore, has all the potential in the world, I think, to get where you're talking about. And again, I'm sure you've studied them on film more than I have. Like I, you know, I, I go to the games, I maybe rewatch them once or twice, and that's it. But Taekwon has not figured out how to make the big play yet. And Denzel Mims is the guy, and he's done it. He has, I think, three different game winning or game tying catches in the past two seasons, like with no time left on the clock. I mean, that's the guy that, you know, I I don't mean to just be cliche or or whatever, but in crunch time, you need the ball in the end zone. You're looking at Denzel. And more times than not, he's going to get you there. I haven't seen Taekwon do it. And I know a lot of Baylor fans 
<laughs> we're, we're really, we really soured on him a little bit when he dropped that uh, route against Oklahoma, Oklahoma, right? The only, only real target he had that game, and it was a big one on third down. Your offense is stalling, stalling. Got to get the defense, stay, keep them off the field, and he had that drop there on the sideline. But anyway, tell me about. We've talked about the matchup, quarterbacks, uh, some of that, those interesting storylines. Tell me what you think is actually going to happen. What do you foresee? What is Oklahoma's mindset coming in this week? You know, having to play a team again. It's hard to beat a good team twice, and I think both these teams are really good. So, what what do you see happening this Saturday? Well, Riley actually spoke to this. He's like, you know, the first year we did this, it felt so odd because it's just something you don't you don't do that in this game you don't ever play anybody twice it just felt odd now that they've had reps doing this it it feels like old hat and I think that's going to be the advantage going in is this is a home field game for Oklahoma or that's how they feel right because the 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 joke is we got this tradition in the Big 12 where everybody hands Oklahoma the Big 12 championship because that's how it feels right You, you roll TCU you get back one against Texas on and on we go here but I'll say this, if Baylor shows up and understands what the moment is and that it's football and they they listen to Rule when he speaks, right? Hey guys, just go play football. Forget about all this other crap. Just play football. Then they'll be fine and we'll see a really good game. But if they don't, Oklahoma's going to roll them because this is, like I said, this is not, this is what they are bred into. Like we got a whole group of seniors now that don't know what it means, one, not to play in this game or two, not to win it. So I think psychologically, you got to give an edge to Oklahoma. But if you're able to get lightning in the bottle very quickly and make it a slugfest, that's what I think it would be. I mean, I think my pick was something like 31 to 27. No. No, 41-27. I wrote it down. I got 41-27 to Oklahoma. Mostly because I think the big plays are going to be there for them in a way that they're just not going to be for Baylor. And if you want to make Oklahoma hold the ball and move it down the field, they'll do that. I think Baylor needs a strike offense. I don't know that you want to just ride uh, John Lovett as much as he's been great. He doesn't have the carries to say that they're willing to do that. It's been Jamichael that does most of that stuff. And when you need big third downs, as you said, you're going to go to your tried and true. You're going to go to the guy that you expect to make the catch as opposed to the guy that I personally think should be tasked with making the catch because he's going to get the matchup. Like, Mims is going to be matched up on Trey Brown and Parnell Motley. It just is, right? And Motley has had two of the last four game-winning defensive plays, right? He's got two picks. He's gonna. That's going to be the matchup. Feel good about it? Fine. But if I get Tyquan Thornton matched up on DeLaren Turner-Yell, who's a strong safety for Oklahoma, I'm taking it every single time. And this is me just knowing Oklahoma. When Oklahoma's safeties tackle well, they win football games. When their safeties don't tackle well, they lose football games. When DeLaren Turner-Yell is having eight, nine, ten tackle games, OU's going to win in a route. When he is getting run through or he's getting exposed on go routes, things that go further than seven yards, Oklahoma loses football games. And what I know about Taekwon and what I know about Laren, to Laren Turner yell is I got this one circled at the start of the week going, hey, guys, mm. we're going here. I know the Denzel is our guy. And if it's there, it's there. Fine. Run the offense. But this is the matchup. Exploit this. Go after this. Make them adjust to this. And if that happens, good night, Oklahoma. It's <laughs> just. Cause you don't. No, seriously. Cause you're gonna you're gonna have to bring somebody else in. You know, like that's the thinnest position for OU. You just don't have a strong safety that you trust more than you trust him, and that's because he's a box safety. He's a right. He's a linebacker. So anyway, that that's how I would see it going. There's three different scenarios. I hope that answered your question. 
Sure. No, I, and I'm surprised that you picked a 14-point game. I just I think it's going to be tight, and I know you said it's about mindset, but every time I've doubted this Baylor team this year and their mindset, they've come out with the right mindset every time. I mean, and I think that's a credit to Coach Rule, who's I think doing you know an unbelievable job. And uh, you mentioned kind of how this game could go, and and the you know the different matchups. And we talk about I know a lot of people talk about Ceedee Lamb you know being available this week. And what you said about the guys bracketing Mims is what I would say about uh, CD is CD is an incredible player. Like we're not. Nobody's going to dispute that. The guy's going to wreck on Sundays. Like, I, I have nothing but good things to say about CeeDee Lamb. But Jamison Houston at corner for Baylor held Jalen Rager to one catch for eight yards and Tylen to six for 69 on 16 targets. That's with Grayland Arnold over the top, who has six picks this year. So I think when you're talking about Oklahoma's going to be able to hit some of these strikes. I actually think Baylor's defense, both with the combination of the pass rush that they've been able to do all year, along with those two guys over CD, and I know Oklahoma has other playmakers, but I don't think Oklahoma's going to be able to have the big strikes. I think they're going to have to, maybe one, right? But I think they're going to have to sustain drives. And I think what what Baylor did in that first game was, uh, you know, they took that commanding lead and then what, what fell through for them was their defense was on the field the entire second half. And so for me, the question is, you know, you're talking about Baylor being a strike offense. I think the key is going to be, can Baylor sustain a drive? Can Baylor give those, those defensive players some time to breathe? Because if they're out there against Oklahoma exhausted, like they were that first game, yeah, Jalen Hurts is going to get free and and those receivers are going to get free. So uh, I think for Baylor, you know, as, as, old hat as this is it's it's about balance right it's um can we hit the strike can we get taekwon deep like believe me there is nothing i would love to see more than baylor's first play be play action post over the middle deep to taekwon like we would all love that uh but i think it's gonna take some balance and and allowing that defense to play to its best because this has been a defensive football team all year. Baylor's defense has won all of those tight games for them. And I don't know, man. If I'm looking at it, I don't think it's going to be more than a one-score game. I mean, okay. Like, I I would argue with you about, about CD and taking that matchup every single time. But also, I would argue about it because Denzel only lines up on the numbers. CD's going to line up in the slot. You're gonna you're, right. you're gonna have to mix and match your coverages, and you're gonna have to pattern match if you're gonna try to take him away. But I mean, rule was right. You can't just say we're gonna take him away because of the other parts of the offense. But to your point about holding uh, Tylen Wallace, I watched that game. Spencer Sanders is a turnover machine, he, 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 and, <laughs> yes. and he inaccurate is all hell. And if it's in the if it's in the vicinity, Tylen's coming down with it. You know, like that. We 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 know this. We we we've seen this. I, so I want to talk about that in comparison to Jalen too, because he's not he's not the passer that Brewer is, but he's better than Sanders is. And you know we're, we're gonna have to watch it play out because more than fifty percent of Jalen Hurts' touchdown passes go to C.D. Lamb. Okay, more, more than thirty six percent of his total passing yardage goes to C.D. Lamb. So we're gonna get to see how this plays out. Like right, somebody's gonna be right, somebody's gonna be wrong because this is gonna clash. Like these trains are gonna hit. So I'm interested to see what it is, but if you're 
if you were talking about Jalen Rager, you're also talking about perhaps what I thought was the second best team uh, wide all on that team because Tay Barber was was killing people, and I just didn't see I didn't see a physical presence from him in that game, man. I mean, you're right, cornerbacks beating him up just just destroyed him, and I'm going, ah, oh, Jalen, this is this is why you need to be in the weight room, son. And that's not that's not going to be the case with CD, right? So no, right. I'm interested. I am. I want to see this one play out. All right, man. I told you 25, and I think we're coming up to it. Any final thoughts or conversation points we didn't hit that that we need to hear from you? No, buddy. I am just hey, I'm blessed to be on your podcast. I appreciate you reaching out, and if you need something, let me know. Hey, this was a thrill for me too, man. I really appreciate it. All right, brother. Yes, sir. Man, I really enjoyed that conversation with RJ. You can tell he's passionate. You can tell he knows football i mean really knows his stuff and really thankful to rj for coming on the podcast check out his rj young podcast if you want even more in-depth analysis about oklahoma coming to this baylor game it's a good listen for you as we close please bear with me i'm going to go ahead and give you a prediction since i didn't give it straight to rj man i have gone back and forth on this all week because i can really see this game going either way and i really don't feel good about picking either team i think Either team is is pretty dadgum capable of winning this football game, y'all. And so I think I'm going to play Homer. I, that's not what I mean to do. I, I want to be as objective as possible, but I'm going to have to play Homer here and take Baylor. Let's say that this defense goes lights out like we know they can, and the offense plays two halves, puts drives together, does what they need to do, lets the running backs have a part in the offense. Charlie hits a deep ball or two. Come on now, give me Baylor 35-31. I don't know how it's going to go, but that's what I'm going to pick. I'm going to be there in Arlington at the game. If you'd like to say, hey, you know, hit me up on Twitter. Let's hang out at the game. I'd love to see you, give you a hug, shake your hand, whatever your thing is, man. But Baylor's going to get this game 35-31. It's going to be thrilling. Thanks again to RJ Young for coming on the podcast this week. Thank you for listening. I'll see you in Arlington. What a good time to be a Baylor Bear fan. Let's see what we can do. For Tim Watkins at Bears Illustrated, for Travis Thompson and Iron Kids who made the music, for my co-producer this season, Martin Thomas, who has missed the last couple episodes and will miss the remaining episodes due to studying for the bar I've been Scotty Swingler, and this is a thrill to talk to you every week. God bless you, sick and bears. Please Bear With Me is brought to you by Bears Illustrated over at Baylor 247. Thanks to my man Tim Watkins over there. Thanks to Martin Thomas for producing the podcast this season. I'm your host, Scotty Swingler. All the music you've heard today was from Iron Kids. Check them out at Iron Kids Music. See you next time.